The Trumpet Daily Program begins right now. Today's world news, what it means, where it's taking us. I bring you the one and only possible message of world peace. This is a message of hope, tremendous hope. And he said unto me, you must prophesy again. The Trumpet Daily Program begins right now. We heard from uh, Donald Trump in our case against him, other defendants, and the Trump Organization. He rambled, he hurled insults, um, but we expected that. At the end of the day, um, the documentary evidence demonstrated that, in fact, he falsely inflated his assets to basically enrich himself and his family. He continued to persistently engage in fraud, and now we look forward to disgorgement and to the remaining counts in our action against Donald Trump and his repeated and consistent fraud against the citizens of the great state of New York. Miss James came out this morning and said that she knew Mr. Trump, and she always calls him Mr. Trump because it kills her that he was the president. But the 45th president of this country, one of the best presidents we've had, has built a great company. It's worth a ton more than that statement of financial condition. And she doesn't know how to get out of it because her politics won't allow her. She calls him a bully. She says he's going to bring out racial slurs. He's going to say things today and taunt her. Well, Miss James, you taunted him before you came into office, before you saw one record, one statement of financial condition. You taunted him. You said his administration was too male and too pale. Those are her words. This country is falling apart. And if we don't stop corruption in courtrooms where attorneys are gagged, where attorneys are not allowed to say what they need to say to protect their clients' interests, it doesn't matter what your politics are. Everyone has a right in this country to get up and put a defense I don't care who you are. You have a right to hire a lawyer who can put objections on the record. You have a right to hire a lawyer who can stand up and say something when they see something wrong. But I was told to sit down today. I was yelled at and I've had a judge who is unhinged slamming a table. Let me be very clear. I don't tolerate that in my life. I'm not going to tolerate it here. And you know what? You shouldn't either. Jonathan, all of this does feel very, very odd in the way this is being carried out. Our research will look back. There's not been one case brought in New York State where there was no wronged party that brought the case for overvaluing real estate assets. This is an unprecedented case in New York State. And you have the AG, James, who ran on being a political activist. She ran on saying that she would bag Trump for anything. And now she's trying to ban Trump from doing business in New York. And a lot of New Yorkers love it. You know, this crosses the line from law to entertainment. But it should be concerning for people uh, because it does appear that this is a case uniquely uh, created for Trump under a law that hasn't been used in the same way yeah. against others. Well, I really think this is a farce in the sense that the judge actually ruled against Trump before the trial even started. You know, look, I don't think the New York system anymore is a legal system. It's really a political system that's masquerading as a legal system. The judge is an elected Democrat. Tish James is an elected Democrat who ran for office promising to use the power of the office against Trump. See what scandalous business is the case that should have never been brought? It's a case that should be dismissed immediately. Everybody saw what happened today. Everybody saw what happened with their star witness who admitted that. I never told him what he originally said. I did. He admitted that he lied and he has absolutely no credibility whatsoever. That's their only witness. That's their only witness. And I think you saw what I had to say today and it was very conclusive. Everything we did was absolutely right. To think that we're being sued and spending all this time and money and you have people being killed all over the world that this country could stop. With inflation and all of the other problems that this country has, I think it's a disgrace. And when you look at the 
numbers, the poll numbers that came out today from the New York Times and CBS. I'm sure the Times was not too happy. But people are sick and tired of what's happening. This is a sad, I think it's a very sad day for America. So the, the attacks keep right on coming. Lawfare continues. <laughs> Lawfare on steroids, really. Uh, and yet, as he said there, Donald Trump there at the end of that uh, montage, the poll numbers for him, they just keep going up and up and up. You're listening to Stephen Flurry, and this is the Trumpet Daily. We appreciate you joining us on today's show. You can get to the live video stream of this show at trumpetdaily.com or at our Rumble channel. That's at rumble.com forward slash Trumpet Daily. You can leave uh, some comments or join in on the, the live chat over at Rumble. And don't forget the replay every night. It's at, at uh, LFA TV. That's live from America TV at the, uh, the Rumble channel or their Rumble channel as well. The email address, if you'd like to contact the show for uh, any reason, that's td at the trumpet.com. So Donald Trump uh, took the stand yesterday and, and Judge Angeron, he didn't like it. He didn't like it. He's, as you heard in the cold open, I mean, he's already made his decision. His summary judgment basically reveals what he's thinking. He's decided against Donald Trump, and yet he wants Donald Trump to be brought to the stand because I assume he thinks that it'll make him look bad. And in the end, it, it just shows what a farce this is. I think, uh, I think Trump's attorney said that one of the, the witnesses, one of the experts that the state has hired, it cost them like $450,000 to prepare the testimony or to prepare the report. And, and this is funded by taxpayers. And here's Letitia James, who campaigned basically on the promise of getting Trump. She's an elected Democrat. She couldn't get elected as a governor. So then she tries another strategy. Well, maybe, maybe I can become the state attorney general if I get Trump. And she bragged about it before and after she was voted in. The judge, an elected Democrat, as you heard there in the opening. And so they're out, they're out to get, get Trump. And this is why the judge, early on in the case, he was smiling away. This judge, who evidently likes to take nude selfies at the gym as well. But leave that aside. It's just a, he's just a normal communist, that's all. These people are deranged. They're sick mentally. Don't even get me on spiritually. Look at the spirit that's behind this, this nonstop persecution of just one man. Well, and his family too, I guess. Destroy Trump. You know, the New York Times, I'll get to the trial in just a second. The New York Times headline, this is above the fold. This is front page. The New York Times just listen to this headline. Trump indictments haven't sunk his campaign, but a conviction might. Matt, yeah, we're still holding out hope. The indictments, they haven't quite had the impact that, that we thought that they would. But hey, maybe we can get a, a conviction from a crazy communist weirdo judge. And they've got several opportunities to go for one. Trump saw, good for him, by the way, to just shove it right back at them. Okay, you want me to testify? Fine, I'll explain to you how we valued our real estates, our properties. And the judge didn't want to hear it. Can you, can you believe this? The judge said, hey, I don't want to hear that. He just, it, for, for Michael Cohen, it was ramble away as the star witness that didn't turn out to be such a star for Letitia. But Donald Trump, he comes in, he's a former president of the United States, and this nobody judge says to him, listen, let's keep it yes and no. And you, Mr. Attorney, you better keep your client under control. I mean, he was yelling at, at Trump. He was slamming his, his fist on the, the desk. Red in the face. <laughs> Probably more so than what I get on this program from time to time. Hate Trump. Get Trump. Fox News says, Wallace, the prosecutor, 
went on to ask additional questions, but Trump continued speaking. Ingeron fired back at Kais. He's another one of the attorneys. Can you control your client? Can you control Donald Trump? Later, Ingeron slammed Trump, saying, in addition to not answering, you're repetitive. Oh, thank you, Judge. So Donald Trump was being repetitive. This is the guy deciding the fate of this case. And of course, Trump's attorneys, they can't wait for it to get to, it cannot get to appeal soon enough because this is what they're dealing with. Who's the victim? You've got to keep coming back to that. Who suffered? Letitia James just says the people of New York. How? How? As Trump's attorney said yesterday, I mean, this is a, a real estate mogul who changed the skyline of New York City for the better. He changed the skyline. He built that many skyscrapers. So who exactly did he harm? Who exactly suffered as a result of Donald Trump supposedly overvaluing Mar-a-Lago? Seriously? So Trump gets into the details. All right, here's what we do. And here's the disclaimer at the end of this, where I tell you know, potential uh, loans or banks that are loaning me money, I tell them, look, this is how I valued it. You obviously, it's on you to go get your own assessor and, and to make sure you're comfortable with the assets that I have as collateral. He wants to spell that out to the judge and the judge won't hear it. They're trying to charge him something like $250 million and then basically ban him from business in New York. And, and Donald Trump can't even get into the courtroom, on, onto the witness stand, and give an answer. He can't even speak. Because the judge's case, it's really a joint case between Letitia James and this crazy judge. It's, it's designed to get Trump. And their narrative blows up the moment they start getting into some of the detail. Let the, real, let the real estate expert talk. How about that? And then they, they see just how foolish they are. That's really what made this judge's face so red. This is what made him so angry. Is Donald Trump's making them look like fools? He's making them look like fools. You heard the other commentators in that cold open. I mean, there's never been any case like this. It's a joke. It's just a big farce. But we're accustomed to this, aren't we? Impeachment, impeachment, investigations, spying, indictments. But now, now you see, maybe, maybe a conviction will finally change public opinion. Well, we're getting, we're getting closer by the day to the 2024 election, and that's why Morning Joe has become Morning Meltdown, because the poll numbers, they just won't go down. They keep going up. Listen to this from Trump's attorney. This is uh, Alina Haba yesterday, clip three. And the judge can tell me to sit down, and he can try and shorten my client's testimony, but it is loud and clear. They've got nothing. They've got nothing but their politics. She's got nothing but her Soros backing, which we discovered recently. And I am sick and tired of seeing it. Pay attention, America. Pay attention. Because when you're in court one of these days and you don't have a lawyer that has a microphone and you don't have a lawyer that can go on TV and you've got judges gagging them, what are you going to do? We need to fix this country. Well, she's right about that. It's a bigger problem than just going after one man. They, they happen to go after the one man the, that has the resources to punch back, and he is. He's fighting back. But as she points out there, I mean, what happens if you're a January 6th defendant and you waltzed into the Capitol because the door was open and you stayed in there for 10 minutes and took a few pictures and then left, only to find out later that you were going to spend nine months behind bars? Perhaps some of it early on in solitary confinement. This judge said, I'm not here to hear what he has to say. I mean, that's, I mean, that's inconceivable. 
that a judge who's presiding over the case, who, who makes the final decision on guilt or innocence, and he told Donald Trump and he told their lawyers yesterday, I am not here to hear what he has to say. The arrogance. I mean, it's worse than that, isn't it? It's, it's demonic in just the news. It says Judge Engeron was, according to courtroom reports, frustrated with Trump failing to answer questions in a yes-no format in the trial in which the Trump Organization and its principals are accused of inflating assets to gain favorable interest rates. So I guess the judge just wants him to come on in. Uh, did you inflate your assets? Did you add value to them? And I guess he just wants Trump to say, uh, yes, Your Honor, I sure did. Can I go now? Ingeron also said, we're not here to hear what he has to say. We're here to listen to him answer questions. And Haba, the attorney for Trump, responded by saying, yes, you are here to listen to what he has to say. And then he yelled, Judge Engeron yelled back at her saying, sit down. This is a show trial. This is a communist show trial. And the New York Times this morning said the quiet part out loud. Well, the indictments haven't quite worked, but maybe, maybe a conviction will do it, finally. I mean, they're not even trying to conceal what this is about. It's purely political. Listen to Alina Haba again yesterday outside the courtroom, clip four. But this judge decided this case and liability before we walked up those stairs. I didn't have a shot. So right now we're here doing a whole dance and the only thing they want are facts that are bad for Trump. That's why he's silencing him. That's why he's telling him short answers. And that's why he's clearly enraged. His face is red. He, is, he came in hot and he doesn't know how to handle him. Forget about what the regime media said, that Trump was unhinged, that he was rambling, that he lost his temper. It's not. That's, that's the judge. Judge Engeron is the one who blew a gasket because he does not know how to handle Donald John Trump. He doesn't know. He thought he could. He thought he'd bring Trump in and make Trump look like a fool. And it was just the opposite. Just the opposite. This no-name, low-life judge, a nobody. What has he accomplished for New York City? What has he done for the community? We know what he does when he goes to the gym. It's pretty, it's pretty creepy. And now he's the one who decides Donald Trump's fate. These people that just go on and on about all of Donald Trump's faults, whether actual or supposed, look at them. Look at these people attacking him. One last, this is actually uh, Alina Haba on Fox News uh, following the courtroom drama yesterday, clip six. And he's interfering. He's made his decision. Let's not forget that, Larry. He made his decision on summary judgment. He found liability already. We're wasting all this time and he won't even let the president, who's the person they're trying to get to, explain why he's certified to certain values. Why? Because the minute he starts to explain it, it ruins their case. Because they don't know anything about real estate or valuation of properties. They don't know. Judge Engeron and Letitia James completely in the dark. They're going after Donald Trump about how he valued his properties and they won't even let him explain why or how he valued them at such and such figure. It's insanity of the highest order. And as I say, the New York Times, they, they tell you the quiet. This is the, uh, the blueprint or the, the strategy book that we read from. The battle plan. Every day, Joe Scarborough just combs through New York Times, particularly what's there on the front page. And the headline read today, Trump indictments haven't sunk his campaign, but a conviction might, they write, hopefully. How many authors are on this one? Is it five or six? Usually if, there's, if they're attacking Trump, they've got to put five or six of them. What do you see there? One, two, three. Three authors. 
going after Donald Trump. It says, for Donald John Trump, a new set of uh, New York Times Siena College polls captures a stunning, seemingly contradictory picture. Think about Mika's meltdown from yesterday. How is this happening? 91 felony charges in four different jurisdictions? And it hasn't significantly hurt Donald Trump in battleground states. In fact, it's helping him. How about that? Mr. Trump leads President Biden in five key battleground states. Arizona, Georgia, Michigan, Nevada, Pennsylvania. These are all the states they cheated in on a mass, mass scale back in 2020. And we'll come to that in just a second. Jim Jordan's report from yesterday telling us about all of this this government-sponsored censorship in the lead-up to the election of 2020. Why? And who are they trying to censor? You know who's right at the top of the list? Donald John Trump. The fix was in from the beginning. And all that we're getting three years on now is more and more evidence. But they still can't talk about it. I mean, you might be able to get some of the talking heads to talk about how Gaza does their elections, but certainly not what happened here in 2020. And the shame of it is, Jim Jordan and that uh, Judiciary Committee, nothing, okay, they reported on it, they gave us the report, they told us what happened, but who will be held to account? I mean, these are the people that covered up the Hunter Biden laptop story. Trump leads in these five battleground states. Says here he's been, he's eaten uh, significantly into Mr. Biden's advantages among younger black and Hispanic voters, many of whom remain, retain positive views of the policies Mr. Trump enacted as president. It says that Mr. Trump appears to have, to have room to grow even, as more voters say they are open to supporting the former president than they are to backing Mr. Biden with large shares of voters saying they trust Mr. Trump on the economy and national security. How is this possible? You, the three authors that put this together, I'm sure as soon as they sent it off to the editors, their heads exploded collectively. What are we going to do to take him out? Well, maybe, maybe, maybe an Ingeron conviction will finally slow down the Trump train. It says here the core, the core of Mr. Trump's strength remains his perceived skill at managing the economy. The New York Times is there to educate the readers that, look, it is, it is a perceived skill. It's not actual. It's not actually a skill. Uh, he's just fooling people, just like he did with the property valuations. He just fooled people to give them these favorable loans. Nobody's complaining in the banking community. They gave out the loans. They got back their loan with interest. They're happy. Trump's happy. The New York City people or residents are happy. The skyline's improving. But somehow, some way, Letitia James, who hates Donald Trump, somehow she's claiming that this hurt people somewhere, some way. The fact that he estimated the value of Mar-a-Lago to be worth more than what it is. This is insane, as I say. What a waste. Time, money. But you see, it's so, it's so obvious why the radical left is taking the time and the money to do, in fact, even accelerating the pace because they're terrified at what might happen in just under a year from now. Maybe it could be even sooner if Jim Jordan and company could actually take the report and say, hang on a second, let's connect the dots here. If there was this coordinated effort, while Donald Trump was president, by the way, we're talking the summer of 2020, if there was a coordinated effort to blot out certain messages, to censor Donald Trump, the sitting president, to censor all these other conservative voices, you look at how they're going after him with nothing here in this case, and then amid all of this, you're, you're, we're, we're actually supposed to uh, suspend 
what's so obvious, what's just reality, and say, well, the election, though, is perfect. Yeah, all the drop boxes that they built because of COVID and the people stuffing them in 2,000 mules and all, all that's just, just fine. The glitches, you know, shutting down the polling booths in the middle of the night. And then when they open up six hours later, <laughs> bam, there's, there's Joe Biden with the, the big bump. Happened in all the swing states. All the counting and everything went smoothly in the other states. It was just those five or so swing states where they had to shut it down and then go find the votes. It says here, if the former president, if the former president is convicted and sentenced, as many of his allies expect him to be in the January 6th related trial held next year in D.C., around 6% of the voters across these swing states will maybe switch their vote. That's, that's the new, this is what they're pinning their hope on now. It, it makes you wonder. Once it doesn't work out for them in the courts, what will they be willing to do? I mean, it's almost terrifying to even think about what these people will do. What, what these people, the evil acts these people, people are capable of committing as they go about thinking, well, the end justifies the means. Anything to get rid of Trump. It says here, even in a, a weaker position, than some of his rivals, Mr. Trump has pulled together a surprisingly diverse coalition for a Republican. Yeah, the, the Times is just kind of uh, scratching its head over why he's appealing to so many young people, blacks, and Hispanics. It says, Mr. Trump, Mr. Trump's gains among voters of color, especially voters without a college degree, and especially men, are pronounced and follow recent trends. It says, in these polls, the more diverse a battleground state is, the better Mr. Trump performs against Mr. Biden. You see why Morning Mika is melting down day after day after day? Everything we've tried hasn't worked. It says here, Mr. Trump's 22% support among African Americans is both a modern day first for a Republican and a sizable improvement over the 8% he had in the same states in the Times polling in 2020. You mean since 2020, his popularity among blacks has gone from 8% up to 22%? This, let me just help you appreciate something here. This is a catastrophe, not just for Joe Biden. This is a catastrophe for the Democrat party. You can't out cheat these numbers. And so that's why you have more and more of the talking heads openly asking, hey, I think we got to get rid of Biden. We've got to do something desperate. David Axelrod, he's the, he's the prominent Democrat strategist tweeting out, I think, I think Biden ought to consider stepping away from the race. Or at the very least, if he stays in, we're going to have to get a lot more aggressive. These polls are serious. I mean, this is New York Times. Listen to this exchange from Wolf Blitzer and Axelrod, clip 10. These are very brutal poll numbers. This is a New York Times Siena College poll. The results for the president, uh, pretty bad. You're suge you suggested he should at least consider dropping out while also saying it's his decision. But as a Democrat concerned yeah. about Donald Trump, what do you want Biden to do? There is reason to be concerned, and people shouldn't dismiss uh, these polls. And should the president uh, press forward, I think that they need to really kick this another notch up and turn this into a comparative campaign. You know, these polls reflect a kind of sour mood in the country about the direction of the country, direction of the economy. The sour mood in the, the country. There is this, I think I brought the quote with me. There's no other way to put this. New poll results from the New York Times show that uh, Joe Biden trails Donald Trump in most of six battleground states tested. It's bad news. He's losing. He's losing Hispanics. Let me just finish the New York Times piece. You heard about the black uh, percentages from 8% up to 22 now supporting Donald Trump. This New York Times piece from this morning 
He began his 2016 campaign by declaring that Mexico was sending rapists and criminals across the border, and he earned the support of 28% of Hispanics nationally in that election, according to Pew Research. In 2020, Trump's support among Hispanics rose to 36%, from 28% to 36%. And then it says now he's got 42%. There you go. If the four indictments aren't going to slow him down, maybe, hopefully, 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 (laughs) a conviction will. Maybe multiple convictions. We've got to put him in prison. This uh, report from uh, Jim Jordan's Judiciary Committee, the weaponization of disinformation, pseudo-experts, and bureaucrats, how the federal government partnered with universities to censor Americans' political speech. This is all in the lead up to the presidential election of 2020, as I've said so many times before on this show. I mean, they cheated in multiple ways. It wasn't just the ballot boxes. It wasn't just the stuffing of ballots. It wasn't just going into nursing homes and getting people in a coma to somehow scribble their their, uh, signature on a ballot that was pre-made for them, filled out in advance. It was in multiple ways. This, listen to this executive summary. I won't get into the, the weeds, or at least try not to with this. But it says, following the 2016 presidential election, okay, that's the one Trump won, it says, a sensationalized narrative emerged that foreign disinformation affected the integrity of the election. You remember this. Some of us are old enough to remember that Democrats were lining up to deny the results of the election in 2016. So this judiciary report came out just yesterday, right? And it says, following following that bogus narrative in 2016, then the government got all these agencies and big tech and everyone together in order to censor dissent. You know, when it has all the hallmarks of Russian disinformation, well, we've got to blot it out, right? And who decides if it's Russian disinformation? Well, that would be the people at Homeland Security or CISA. Just listen to some of this detail. These claims, fueled by left-wing election denialism about the legitimacy of President Trump's victory, sparked a new focus on the role of social media platforms in spreading such, mis- uh, spreading such information. Disinformation think tanks and experts, government task forces, and university centers were formed all to study and combat the alleged rise in alleged mis- and disinformation. It talks about how all of this was pulled together underneath the umbrella of Homeland Security. They're just there for your security. CISA was involved in it. Created in the summer of 2020 at the request of the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, that's CISA, the EIP provided a way for the federal government to launder its censorship activities in hopes of bypassing both the First Amendment and public scrutiny. This is the House Judiciary Committee saying that all these government agents, they colluded together with big tech, they colluded together with them, and and went around covertly the First Amendment and just public scrutiny. They didn't want the public seeing what they were up to. Why not? Why wouldn't they? The government, the government's supposed to be transparent, right? Well, the Twitter files tells us a little bit more about that story. In the lead up to the 2020 election, amid the COVID-19 pandemic, the American public and lawmakers debated the merits of unprecedented mid-election cycle changes to election procedures. This was all of the the backroom deals headed up by people like Stacey Abrams saying we need to forget our election laws. We've got a pandemic. Let's just start putting drop boxes all over Fulton County. And then we can pay the mules 10, 15 bucks per ballot and stuff away. I mean, they're doing it in Connecticut. A judge has even ruled on it. I gave you that the other day on this show. 
they cheat. They cheat. And when it's a Democrat on Democrat, I mean, they'll openly accuse the other side of trying to steal an election. These issues, like all contemporary discourse about questions of political import, were extensively discussed on the world's largest social media platforms, the modern town square. But as American citizens, including candidates in these elections, attempted to exercise their First Amendment rights on these platforms, their constitutionally protected speech was intentionally suppressed as a concept. I, I love how the whole premise the whole premise for these agencies, these government agencies, and these big tech, you know, social media giants coming together in the summer of 2020, the whole premise was the big lie that Barack Obama's DOJ told at the end of, of 2016 that, yeah, Russia not only meddled, they helped Trump win. That was, that was right from the playbook of Obama, John Brennan, James Clapper, all those deep state actors, that's right. So the premise for this, they're coming into 2020, the pandemic's in place, so that's good to go. We can start building the drop boxes. But then in the summer of 2020, we got to make sure there's lots of people involved in blotting out those that would expose what we're doing or maybe expose Hunter's laptop. And they were in full force. We now know that. It's obvious. This, you know, this is this report. It's just kind of a, a, a scholarly, pedantic way of of saying they cheated. They cheated. Why not just come outright with it and say this is what happened? And it's so obvious. And they cheated in so many different ways. It's astonishing, really. You go to page five of this report from the Judiciary Committee, released just yesterday. Jim Jordan put it out there. Is he going to do anything with it? Will the Judiciary Committee do anything with it? Or are they just going to kind of report it three years on? You go to page five, it says, who was being censored? Well, that's a good question, because that would be quite revealing, right? Top of the list, Donald John Trump. That's on page five of this, of this report. Why would he be the one? Why would he be the main target? Because he was the one they were trying to remove from the office of president. Obama's deep state, he was running the shadow government just down the road from the White House from 2016 all the way through to 2020. And Obama coordinated all, well, all of these attacks on Trump. But here we're just talking about one of them. Guess who else was censored? Newt Gingrich, uh, Thomas Massey, Marjorie Taylor Greene, uh, Newsmax, uh, Babylon Bee. For what? Babylon B tells, it's satire. It tells jokes. Well, but they're, they're conservative jokes. And sometimes those jokes hit a little bit too close to the target. Sean Hannity, Molly Hemingway, Charlie Kirk, Candace Owens, Jack Posobiec, Tom Fitton, James O'Keefe. You know any of these names? They're all from the conservative side of the aisle, aren't they? All of them. This is what... The, the Department of Homeland Security, these are the ones they targeted especially, you see. That more people aren't just standing up to the obvious election fraud, the rigging of an election. Why is Donald Trump the only one that still points out the obvious? It's like the elephant in the room, isn't it? These congressmen and women, if, if uh, history is to be any judge, they'll just sit on this. It'll get a few, you know, good tweets, good, a few strong tweets from Jim Jordan or whoever. But what will be done to right the wrong? No wonder Donald Trump has said, when I'm coming back, I'm going to clean house. And, and these people, some of them are going to be prosecuted, whether in the DOJ or in Homeland Security. And as I said on yesterday's show, that he would even say that, it, uh, it terrifies morning meltdown. It terrifies the radical left. So we haven't been able to take him out with the impeachments, with the, the Mueller investigation, with all the accusations, with the spying. We haven't been able to catch him in anything, catch him in the act. We, we couldn't take him down with January 6th. 
But now we got all these indictments, 91 felony charges. Surely that'll destroy him. Nope, hasn't done it. In fact, young people, Hispanics and blacks, they're leaving the radical left in droves and throwing their support behind the bad orange man. And so the New York Times on the front page of today's paper says, maybe, maybe, just maybe, a conviction will finally keep him out of office. You are listening to Stephen Fleury, and this is the Trumpet Daily. When we come back, let's see what we come back with. We'll decide during the break. We'll be right back. What has happened to the United States of America? The wealthiest, most powerful nation in human history is suddenly divided, weakened, radical. The evil in America has grown powerful. The good has grown weak. The honorable parts of American history are succumbing to a direct, targeted, sustained assault. Someone, something is dismantling America's history, purpose, and character. Fundamentally transforming the United States of America. Political dysfunction, social strife, economic peril, catastrophic moral failure, fires, attacks, riots, lies. The nation is being attacked from within by its own leaders. Powerful elites in government, journalism, academia, and beyond are intentionally, rapidly destroying what America is in order to make it into something else. There is a reason why your nation is crumbling before your eyes. There is a spirit and a specific perpetrator that is attempting to blot out America. Only America Under Attack reveals that perpetrator and the motive and spirit behind him. This newly expanded book shows you the reason why America has changed so dramatically, so suddenly. If you're confused and concerned about what is happening to America, request your free copy of America Under Attack by Gerald Flurry at thetrumpet.com. Kazakhstan's trade statistics show it is helping Russia circumvent Western sanctions, according to a diplomat report published October 25th. The report shows that trade between Russia and Kazakhstan soared in 2022 while Russia was being sanctioned by the West as punishment for its war on Ukraine. In 2022, Kazakhstan exported about $84.4 billion worth of goods to Russia and imported about $50 billion worth, significantly more than the previous year. Analysts believe the surging trade comes from Kazakhstan trading more with proxy companies of sanctioned Russian businesses. Russia can also convert its currency to the Kazakhstan currency for free, meaning that it has almost unrestricted access to Kazakhstan's currency market. The Bible indicates that Russia will likely regain control of many of its former Soviet satellites as Russian President Vladimir Putin gains power. Moscow wields tight control over Kazakhstan and appears ready to increase this control. To understand this prophecy further, read The Prophesied Prince of Russia. Finnish authorities said on October 24th that a Chinese ship likely caused the rupture of a gas pipeline under the Baltic Sea. The pipeline, which links NATO members Finland and Estonia, was mysteriously damaged in September. Both countries said the damage was likely sabotage. Finland's National Bureau of Investigation found a large anchor near the damaged pipeline that had been dragged along the seabed, causing damage to the pipeline that will take months to repair. Investigators believe the damage was caused by a Chinese container ship that was in the area at the time, which was later pictured missing one of its anchors. China is becoming increasingly aggressive in Asian waters and in other areas around the globe. In Luke 21, Jesus Christ prophesied that the people of our modern age would enter an era called the Times of the Gentiles, when non-Israelite nations would dominate the world. China's increasing belligerence ties into the fulfillment of this prophecy. To learn more about this key prophecy and the roles that both European and Asian nations will play, read What Are the Times of the Gentiles? 
Russia conducted nuclear strike training on October 25th, overseen by President Putin. Earlier that day, the upper house of Russia's parliament unanimously voted to withdraw from the Comprehensive Nuclear Test Ban Treaty, which forbids signatories from conducting nuclear weapons tests. The strike training included air, land, and maritime nuclear drills. For decades after the end of the Cold War, the possibility of nuclear war seemed remote. But in recent years, global conditions have deteriorated and the likelihood has dramatically increased. This strike training is the latest indication that nuclear war is not far away. In Matthew 24, Jesus Christ prophesied of a global war so devastating that if not stopped, it would end all human life on Earth. Such a destructive war was not possible until technological developments in recent decades. Bible passages in Ezekiel and Revelation show that Russia will be one of the major powers in this coming global conflict. To learn more about these prophecies, read Nuclear Armageddon is at the door. To learn more about current world news and how it relates to Bible prophecy, please visit thetrumpet.com. And Obama is responsible for terrorism around the globe with the funding of Israel, as you just mentioned, Eric. And so to watch him uh, in such a weakened state, I look at this guy and I think, how on earth were so many people tricked by him? This is a guy who really should either keep his mouth shut over this because he's to blame for much of the problems or he should apologize for what he's done to embolden terrorists around the globe. Uh, of course, is uh, Carrie Lake, who was on this program, uh, what was it, Sep middle of September, so not that long ago. Uh, she's got a big event, I believe, in Vegas uh, tonight. Uh, she's launched her Senate campaign, but uh, there she is saying, I, I can't believe we were tricked by Barack Hussein Obama. He's responsible for so much of this terrorism that you see right around the globe. It's his policies his foreign policy that blew up in Israel's face, in Gaza's face. He's the one that funded the, the mullahs in Iran. He's the one that funded the Palestinians. He's the one that really, really, as I said on yesterday's show, he hates Israel. I gave you that tweet, just again, to reiterate some points we made yesterday on the show. The David Limbaugh tweet, the brother of Rush, it says, It amazes me that Barack Obama is well-respected and treated like a senior statesman of goodwill. He accelerated leftist, leftist radicalism in this country to warp speed, and he continues doing it today. He is perversely anti-American. He's, he's coming in the spirit of Antiochus, as we explain in uh, in this book America under attack and and how appropriate by the way is this cover of uh, <laughs> of the trumpet magazine who's running the show well we went through that in some detail yesterday on the show but in light of that clip by Carrie Lake I just thought it would be worth reiterating if you don't have America under attack or if you don't have a trumpet subscription Make sure that you call our operators today, 1-866-930-3024. People are finally waking up to the fact that America is being attacked and that Barack Obama is behind it. I mentioned in the first segment about the coordinated effort headed up by Homeland Security to blot out certain messages coming from the conservative right in the lead up to the presidential election. You probably heard yesterday about that uh, that manifesto uh, that was discovered. I guess it was somebody the, the the Nashville shooter. You know, the woman, the transgender. She she thought she was a man. She goes into this Christian school and she shoots up the school. And we never see the manifesto. It's covered up. I mean, you have to assume that even law enforcement is behind it locally. I know the FBI swooped in, and once they get over it, I mean, you can be sure that they will, they will amplify certain messages. They will actively work to suppress other messages. Somehow, 
somebody at Steven Crowder's show got a hold of this, this manifesto. And there are statements in there. Audrey Hale was her name. She wrote that she wanted to kill all you little crackers. That's uh, slang for white people. She really had it in for whites. She really wanted to kill little children. She uses some profanity and says, or complains about their white privilege. White privilege, of course, that's, a, that's one of the, the pillars of cultural Marxism here in the United States. So she was a radical left winger. And so they cover up the manifesto, just like so much was covered up about the dear leader. Never vetted, just lie. I mean, this goes back, this goes back before, long before, the coordinated effort to take down Trump in 2020. Look at the way Barack Obama got in in 2008. Nobody vetted him at all. And he had all of those troubling associations with Frank Marshall Davis, with the, the Jew hater at Columbia, with uh, Bill Ayers, the domestic terrorist. How could those be his friends? How could someone with friends like that become the president of the United States of America? Well, because most of Jeremiah Wright, that was an association that went on for more than two decades. Jeremiah Wright married Barack Obama, Barack and Michelle. Can you believe that? He's an America hater. So let's see, you've got the domestic terrorist, you've got the Jew hater, you've got the America hater, and he comes in, he promises to transform, fundamentally, the United States of America. That was his goal, that was his objective from the very beginning. And here we are, 15 years on, I mean, and we're near the end of the fundamental transformation of the United States of America. So much, as I said on yesterday's show, so much of Barack Obama's signature activity, uh, executive actions, foreign policy, so much of it sprung from his hatred for the United States. Just like David Limbaugh said in that tweet, he is perversely anti-American. So much of it sprung from his hatred for America and for his hatred of Jews, his hatred of Israel, anti-Semitism. America under attack tells you all that you need to know about this diabolical and perverse attack on the founding institutions of the United States. It's under attack and of course there's hope beyond the misery that we're seeing now, and that too is discussed in the book. If you don't have a copy, make sure you call our operators today. The 800 number, it's 1-866-930-3024. That is all that we have time for on today's show. You are listening to Stephen Flurry, and this is the Trumpet Daily. We thank you for joining us on today's show, and we'll see you tomorrow. <laughs>